Hello, Andrew Farhat here. Welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm here with special guest PJ Arzvald. He is our Renewal Campus Pastor in the Highlands of Denver. If you want to check out uh, Renewal Church, you can do so at renewaldenver.org. Uh, I think that we're blessed to have a really good preacher out there. So if you want to hear uh, a good communicator who's very gifted, I'd invite you to jo- go and check them out. And um, we are going to do part two of what is the church all about. And last time, I think we hit a lot on uh, what Jesus has set up there for you in terms of the word and the sacrament. But I think we have some other analogies that I think will also add some greater depth today as well. And I guess the first thing I want to start with is 1 Corinthians 12, PJ. It talks about the church as one body, Mm -hmm. each having Uh, spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. So it sounds a lot like a team, you know, like you're going to be good at this, I'm going to be good at that, but yet no part of the body is greater than another. They all need to show equal honor and value to each other. But yet if there is a part of the body suffering, or if there's a part of the body disconnected, or if there's a player on the team not doing their part, man, Sounds like that could be a fractured body, or it sounds like the team won't be as effective. So in that, it says that Christianity is not a solo sport, but rather a team sport. And I was wondering if you could elaborate more on that, PJ. Yeah, definitely. Well, I like to use the word sport because anyone who's a sports fan, I mean, pick any (laughs) generational talent in a team sport who is surrounded by nobody, right? You can have the best player in the world, um, but if they don't have, you know, decent players or just people who can contribute around them they can only go so far and it's often teams that maybe don't have the best player but a collection of players all doing their part that you know succeed and win and in a lot of ways that's kind of what Jesus has set up for his church that um, each one brings their own gifts and some are more recognizable right some are um, gifts that everyone can see and wow you're amazing and some people they might be quieter and not as pronounced and yet each person plays a role in the body Um, there's nobody who's just dead weight, oh, I guess we'll mm-hmm. take you too, but you are equal value in God's eyes and he wants you to be part of his His team. He wants you to be part of his body. Right. Um, and so it's a, a beautiful thing that, again, we're not off on our own because if we were all, if every Christian just came together, said break, and then just went into their own thing for the rest of their life, um, Christianity would die. The church would die. Um, but it's this gathering, it's this witness as a community that we're doing life together um, that people see and go, wow, there's something different about that. Yeah, absolutely. So what's supposed to be different is, man, we're together on a mission making a difference, right? Instead of just being fractured, individual, individually fractured uh, folks. And so um, I think that, uh, would you say, as we talk about that fracture, would you say in your experience, PJ, Christians divide too easily? I mean, yeah, (laughs) I think it's one of those where... um, and again, this it's probably always been true, but especially now we are in a time where it's so easy to kind of find people who are as similar to you as possible. And there's some blessings with that. And so I don't want to dismiss. Um, I was talking to my wife about um, people who have a child with a certain condition can for the first time in human history find the other 20 families in the country who are going through the same experience. And so there's a huge blessing with that. Um, but sometimes in the Christian church, what can happen is disagreement arises, we don't like somebody and it can become really easy to just kind of split off, break off, and let me go find somewhere that I think I fit better, that I like more, um, instead of 
being that kind of unified front um, and a picture of the one church that exists. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So as we because kind of consider that, you know, how the body can get fractured, I just feel like, you know, like if you have an issue at your current church or uh, maybe the pastor said something that you that hit a nerve or uh, let's say that there's someone in your church that said something that upset you. You know, I think as because of these deep spiritual realities, Christ would invite you to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Christ would invite you not to just leave so easily, but yeah. to say, man, we are uh, the ecclesia. We are the body of Christ. And if I just divide from the body, uh, what is that going to do to the body that I was a, a part of here? Um, and so I guess the encouragement would be not to leave so easily, mm-hmm. to just ask the question, hey, um, can I work this out? I mean, if you struggle with anger, uh, maybe there's something deeper there too that needs to be you know, looked into, maybe with a biblical counselor or another pastor. But you know, just, to, just to have the courage to have those, what I, I would call biblical confrontations, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, hey, you said this, this is how I felt, I'd like to you know, be more united than that and then let the other person respond. Most of the time, in my experience, observing churches for a long time, um, there are Christians who don't know that they've offended another Christian. Yeah. And they can't know unless you go to the person and tell them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I I love what you're saying there, because Paul in 2 Corinthians says that we are now ambassadors of reconciliation. And we're talking about the reconciliation with God, but also with one another, and so I, Jesus flat out says in Matthew 18, you know, if somebody sins against you, he doesn't say, go somewhere else, just write them off, cut them out of your life. He says, go confront them, talk about it. And if they still, you know, there's issues, you can bring in a second person and, you know, there's a procedure, but all of that is to the aim of restor- restoring the relationship. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot easier when there's tension, when there's hurt, just to completely remove and say, I'm done. Um, but uh, the harder thing and part of that witness of the community is, it's a community that forgives one another, mm-hmm. um, that you can do some terrible things, but we know that we've first been forgiven and therefore yep. we forgive each other. Yeah, absolutely. Love what you said there about ambassadors of reconciliation, because it's like these spiritual realities are what compel us yes. to something deeper and greater, mm-hmm. right? All right, so church is a team game. We're the body of Christ. But then also, PJ, Scripture says that the church is a family. Uh, that God is our Father, and that we become adopted into His family, and then the people of God become our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. So this is such a strong con- concept that the Apostle Paul will say to treat um, treat your treat the females in the body of Christ as your sisters, mm-hmm. um, and then he will say treat older women as mothers. Um, and so, PJ, can you elaborate more on the church as a family? Yeah, and it's cool. That's something Jesus hits all the time. I mean, when you look at um, things like Jesus gets approached by somebody and says, hey, your, your mother and your brothers are looking for you. And he says, these are my mothers and brothers. And he's pointing to not his biological family. And he says, "Wow, those who do the word of God. Um, it's those who, who believe that have become, truthfully, the, the truest sense of the word family. And it's hard for us to conceptualize, but that's mm-hmm. top priority. Now, obviously... If I'm married, if I have kids, my actual biological siblings, like those, those aren't dismissed. God has a lot of strong words to say about how we treat those people and our responsibility. But um, mm-hmm. this is 
the most important family now. And so like any family, there's going to be members you get along with, you relate a lot with. There's going to be family members that get under your nerves at times, um, but they are your family. And some of the great encouragement of this too, um, in Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, talks about sometimes the struggle um, that we can experience. And he says, um, the Christ in my brother is stronger than the Christ in me. Hmm. What he meant by that is, if I'm going through something, I can try and remind myself of God's promises. And you should. But he said, when you actually have a brother or a sister in the faith who can speak that to you, who can hear what you're going through and say, it's okay, God is with you, or, mm-hmm. or call you out, that there's a beautiful gift that it's not just me trying to sort it out, but somebody to say, no, here's what it is. And that in some ways it can be stronger and more encouraging than if we were just doing it on our own. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a great gift that we're, we are a family, that we're not orphans anymore, um, that we hmm. have this family. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not orphans, but yet then if we are living apart from our church family, we're like an orphan. Yeah. Right? And you always hear that phrase, blood is thicker than water. But maybe we could talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and say what Jesus said. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm -hmm. So the spirit is greater. The spirit is what gathers us as the people of God, as the family of God. And so our spiritual family is going to outlast our biological family, unless everybody in your biological family is saved by grace through faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. So there's a deep thing for us to consider there. Oh, yeah. Especially for calling and maybe uh, calling in our lives and maybe leaving our biological families to serve in the kingdom of God. Um, You know, there's a lot there. So. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a, so much to sort through and balancing those um, biological relationships and the priorities, but also seeing them in light of what you said with the greater reality and that the mm-hmm. spirit is greater. Um, that, and, and in some ways, what's really cool then is our families, um, our biological families become a blessing to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's part of their purpose is I'm raising kids or I'm encouraging my biological siblings in the hopes of also blessing the larger church community, that I'm mm-hmm. raising good Christians, I'm raising good citizens, I'm bringing them in. And so mm-hmm. um, it's not that they don't have a place. They have a, in a very important place. Um, and Jesus has some strong words, Paul has some strong words, um, but they're seen in light of this is ultimately the family. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's very good. All right. So the church is the body of Christ, team game. The church is a family. Then here's another concept I'd love for you to elaborate on, PJ is the church is called the bride of Christ. And that's actually a primary metaphor in Revelation, which depicts the bride of Christ having a banquet Mm -hmm. with the groom in heaven. (laughs) That's kind of a cool thought, by the way. I love going to weddings. Um, But can you elaborate, PJ, on church as a marriage, church as the bride of Christ? Yeah, it's one of those things that I don't think I gave enough attention to um, but I have a friend and I was talking to her how she kind of came to where she is and being part of the church. And she kind of walked me through her whole story. And she told me at one point, I finally realized that how could I love Jesus and not love his bride? Like, how could mm-hmm. I love Jesus with my whole heart, but then dismiss his wife, basically? Um, mm-hmm. And you see, like you said, Revelation, beautiful wedding banquet imagery. And Paul in some of his letters, like Ephesians, I mean, yeah. The church and Jesus and husbands and wives are so intertwined that you can't even tell which one he's talking about sometimes because he's talking about kind of both. Like there's such yeah. a intertwining. And so yeah. this is 
again, Jesus dies for the whole world and he dies for sinners, mm -hmm. um, but he also gave his life so he could present the church as pure and holy. So um, this is his wife. This is who he loves. And so I, I tend to think of it as like if you have a friend um, and they're married and you're like, hey, can we hang out sometimes? Like, sure, I'm going to bring my wife. And you're like, no, nah. like, I love you, but man, I want nothing to do with her. Like she, <laughs> she is, she's kind of old. She's, you know, yeah. closed minded, you know, pick anything. Like, I don't want anything to do with her. And your friend's kind of like, but I love her more than anything. Like, I, I, she's part of my life. She's, I gave everything for her. And it'd be like, yeah, Jesus, you know, yeah, I, that's fine. But it's cool that you like her. I don't. So I just want you. Yeah. yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, Christians get to pick what congregations they choose to be a part of. Yeah. So at least, you know, <laughs> like love Jesus's bride somewhere. Yeah, you know, right? exactly. Um, and, you know, Tony Evans was the pastor I was thinking of as we were preparing for this podcast mm. where he said, can you be saved and not go to church? And he goes, well, I suppose you're, you're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. But if you never come home, it's going to affect the relationship. So, yeah. like, if you never come home to see your wife and you're a workaholic <laughs> and you work 16-hour days all the time, it will affect the relationship. And so what Pastor Tony Evans is saying yeah, it's going to affect your relationship with God. And then would you say that's been your pastoral observation or spiritual observation uh, of people over the last 20 years of your life? Oh, definitely. Well, I think that's one where um, habits and rituals can go too far where they become empty, but there is such an importance of um, regularly investing in that relationship, right? So you gave the example, I think in our last episode, you wake up one Sunday, you don't really feel like going, um, Sometimes in any friendship, in any relationship, you don't always feel like, ha, yes. Um, but love is greater than just your emotional state. And so mm -hmm. it's a commitment. And if you just start pulling out, I mean, I've seen so many people who, faithful Christians connected to Jesus, connected to his church, and um, for a variety of reasons, um, there goes a disconnect, with stop attending, stop in investing in that relationship. And um, it's not a surprise when all of a sudden you find out, you know, stopped believing. Well, it's like, yeah, you the relationship is, has suffered because you haven't been mm -hmm. investing. You haven't had the time um, with other believers. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good thoughts. All right. And then I guess last thing I would say is the church has always been predicated upon being in Christ so much that Paul will say in Galatians 3.28, I believe, there is neither uh, Jew nor Greek slave nor free, hmm. male nor female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. So that means that Denver, while it is diverse, we have a, a big Hispanic community, we have a, a black community, we have uh, young people, we have old people, we have everything. We have single people, married people, retired people. Um, we have people that you may not be as interested in. We have people that you may not have as much chemistry with. We have Democrats and Republicans, mm -hmm. um, but the church is supposed to be called by God to be together and to be on mission together. Um, and so can you speak a little bit to uh, the beauty of being one, but then also the power of having a mission collectively? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that it's so easy 
to again want to go to places where people are like us. That's just kind of our natural inclination, and, and that's I'm not even condemning that. It's, it makes sense. I want people who also are excited about the World Cup going on. You know, I want people who are also excited about um, when is that? When is the World Cup, PJ? Uh, when this airs, it's going to be like halfway over. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Um, that's fine. That's good. So you can watch this at any point and know the World Cup was happening um, when this came out. Um, <laughs> but the churches, like you said, it transcends all of those. Like all of the distinctions that our world sees, the church says, no, the most important is Jesus. And, and Revelation is such a beautiful picture of when Jesus returns and all of his people are gathered and you have people from every tribe, tongue, and nation just people who you'd never un, in our human eyes say, oh, you and you go together. And yet what unites us is Jesus. And mm-hmm. he is all and he's in all. Um, and that's one of the most powerful things about what the church is. We talked about the body of Christ. You know, when Paul is persecuting Christians, Jesus blinds him and comes to him and says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? That it's not just, again, a metaphor for, um, oh, it's like a body. But if you want to encounter God through his son, Jesus, you do it at the church, like the, in the church. Yeah, this is Jesus on earth um, in a, just a profound way that I don't think we will ever really understand until Jesus returns. Um, and so, again, it's cool. It transcends all borders, um, but it unites us under his lordship, under his commands, under his promises. Um, and he's given us a task, make disciples. And so mm-hmm. um, as a community, we are, um, Stanley Hauerwas talks about um, as a Christian community, we live as a people formed and shaped by the, the story that God has given us of creation, of people of Israel, of his son Jesus, of restoration. Um, and as we embody that, um, it leads us to follow him no matter where the world goes. It leads us to invite other people into that story, um, to become a part of this community, um, no matter what their background is, no matter what sins they might have, no matter what um, interests. Everyone can have a place in this community, um, in this story. And it's just one of those things where I just marvel at. It's just mm-hmm. how in the world, I don't know, but God has said it is. And um, it's a really cool thing. So it's a good reason ever to scoff at the church. Um, and the church rightfully has had some issues in its history. And that's where even the church mm-hmm. can confess and say, we haven't been a faithful bride. We've strayed from our mission. We have not followed God perfectly. Um, but just like individuals as a church, we receive forgiveness and this is still Jesus's body on earth, um, mm-hmm. whether or not it's perfect. And, and it's not, but yeah. Yeah. And then I, I liked what you said about, we have a mission to make disciples. Mm-hmm. So how can we play a part in that together? I think that takes me away from the me, the individual, but collectively, all right, do we need to have an outreach party? Am I serving and playing my part? So more people get connected to Jesus as their Lord. Um, how am I a part of that? And I think that's when a church really starts to grow and Christians really start to grow. When they change the questions that they ask, mm. which reflect these biblical realities that we have talked about. Uh, that the church is a team, the church is a family, the church is a marriage, and the church has a mission. So I want to just thank you for tuning in uh, to our podcast. If you have been blessed by this, we want to encourage you uh, to subscribe and also to share it to someone you think could also be blessed. Uh, Also, if you do have a question you would like us to answer on this podcast, you can email it to hello at sjdenver.org. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.